Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Green Bike and HostGator. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. All right, I want to personally welcome you out today to episode 404 of I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. So a lot of people did not even know, Chrissy, that Michael Jordan has a home here in Utah. He threw it up for sale. There was an article posted uh, just yesterday, I think it was, in the news, KUTV or something posted it. He's selling his home for $7.5 million, which is just pennies to us, right? Just Oh, yeah, absolutely. I spend that every day. I posted it on our Instagram, and I was actually surprised on the amount of people that didn't even know he, he had a home here in Utah. Well, I totally didn't until you shared that with me. I heard it about a, about a year ago. He bought wow. a home in Park City. He wanted to be like right next door to his accountant or something. It was just like a place to go golfing, you know? <laughs> just, just like a, a side pad kind of thing. We should all get together, pitch in, and make it like the coolest Airbnb ever. Maybe for like all of our Patreon supporters Ooh, or yeah. something like that. We can like say, hey, come on out to our home out here in Park City. It is City. a crazy cool house, though. If people haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, you should look it up because like it is, the architecture is really interesting. I want to go take a tour of it. We should. Maybe we can get uh, Market Source Real Estate to uh, give us a tour. Be like, hey guys, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, if this is your first time listening to this podcast and you're wondering what is it all about, is this a podcast we just talk about Michael Jordan's home in Park City? (laughs) No, this is a podcast where we get to showcase the awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. Uh, We talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. Hey, who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we are joined by Jesse Jude Gilmore and Dave Brewer. They are the owners of Clubhouse on South Temple. We got to find out their story on how they acquired the clubhouse, some of the history of the Women's Literary Club that used to meet there, and we talk about the grant that they're trying to win to to help with some upkeep and modifications of the clubhouse on South Temple. So we're going to get into that conversation in just a few minutes. Hey, before we get into that conversation, we got a brand new sponsor for this episode. I'm really excited to tell you about this one because they're kind of a personal favorite of mine. Support for I Am Salt Lake podcast is provided by Green Bike, Salt Lake City's nonprofit bike share, connecting employment and residential centers to transit stops and popular entertainment destinations. Green Bike seeks to improve community health, air quality, and increase the use of existing transit infrastructure. Green Bike is a local nonprofit and public private partnership between Salt Lake City, the Utah Transit Authority, Select Health, and other private sponsors. To date, green bikers have removed 5.5 million vehicle miles from local roads, prevented nearly 5 million pounds of CO2 from entering our air, all while burning 70 million calories in the process. That's 246,000 slices of pizza. To learn more about Green Bike and find out how you can take as many rides as you want for a year for less than 20 cents a day, follow Green Bike on social media at SLC Bike Share or visit greenbikeslc.org. 
All right, many thanks to Greenbike for sponsoring this episode. I'm really excited to bring these guys on the podcast. Hey, let's jump into that conversation that we had with Jesse Jude Gilmore and Dave Brewer when they came over to our podcast studio and we got to talk about Clubhouse on South Temple. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. You look young. He looks young, everybody. <laughs> you, you were mentioning uh, photography, sure. which I kind of wanted to segue into the uh, photo. It's a photo c- collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now you have the clubhouse, which we're going to get into all of that. But photo, the f- uh, my mind is blank. No, I've been good. to that place a handful well, of times. Can I quickly f- share my where I've traveled? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fill it, in. Yeah. it might help lead another step. Um, I didn't leave... Utah until after college and I went up to Seattle for a couple of years. And while there, I was getting all these emails and things from friends being like, Hey, this tiny house movement, you just seem like someone that would build a tiny house. And so after quitting a job in Seattle, I lived in a tiny house for a few months and realized I totally could Wait, you like both you build like and live in a tiny house. And so then I moved back to Salt Lake because I knew I could do that here way better than I could do, do that. You, and do you guys live in a tiny house we now? Do. No we do. No kidding. With our two With kids. Our two kids. <laughs> With two kids. Good yeah. job. That's it, hard. It, it, like like <laughs> a legit crazy. tiny house. Like this has, room is way guys, bigger than our house. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Like, Did you guys build it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no my, my I was I became the project manager. I set out to build this tiny house. I approached the Leonardo downtown. And I said, hey, I'm going to build a tiny house this summer. I could build it in my parents' backyard or I could build it at the Leonardo as an art exhibit and teach people about this minimalist idea and less is more. And so the Leonardo graciously took me on and I was there for 10 weeks right outside the north side of the Leonardo. And we, uh, some of my number one volunteers were strangers who just showed up one day and kept coming back day after day, helping me build this tiny house. So by the end, there were probably 50 different hands that went into building this house. And Dave at the time, honestly, was so busy running the photo collective that he came by and documented it often, but didn't do much of the initial build out until a couple years later when we decided to move in as a family and that's when he did a whole remodel of the interior. So it's been a, a between the two of us now a family project. But initially, it was a project of strangers that made this tiny house possible. So I was calling it the tiny American dream. Is the house down by the Leonardo then? No, we uh, moved it. It's okay. on wheels. Oh, so okay. we, as after ten weeks, we hooked it up to a truck. It was terrifying, but we just eh, wheeled it away, and it was. It started as a trailer and walked, wheeled away as a little tiny house. And so then we moved it down to Green River initially. And I had a friend down there that was like, yeah, you can park it here while I work. I was going to work a AmeriCorps job down there uh-huh. with the Epicenter kids. And uh, we rolled up and realized the park, the place we can park was 10 miles out in Jankstar Ranch. If you've ever been down to Bur- Building Man down in Green River, um, we ended up parking the tiny house out in the middle of nowhere for its first month or two. And that's where we conceived our child, Ayla. And that's <laughs> what brought us back to Salt Lake City, ultimately not living in Green River with the tiny house. So ever since we've had the tiny house here in Salt Lake, and now we've chosen to move it back to the clubhouse and live there with our kids just to be able to be close to the building, but 
have our own space. So it's actually parked back behind the clubhouse. How, how many square feet is it? Like, how, um, just to give me an Technically, idea. you can't count the loft because you can't stand up in sure. it. So it's like 125 square feet. <gasps> no kidding. Like tiny, Wait. tiny, tiny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's built on an 18 by 7 foot trailer and it's got like 13 foot ceilings. Um, so we do have like two stories in it. We have a bunk bed in the back for us and our Ayla five-year-old sleeps in the front bunk bed. And uh, our little Charlie sleeps down lower on a on like a floor height a uh, little awesome bunk bed that we built for him. Yeah. You guys remind me of my parents. When I was in <laughs> kindergarten, they bought an old school bus. We had five kids and they renovated the school bus and they called it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, put a thing on it. And we all moved into it. So it was a family of seven living in a school bus for a while, just down in Texas. No it's way. It's like, you can't, you can't ever... <laughs> recreate that that's no, just awesome that's that you incredible. guys are doing that see and i wish i had crazy stories like that but i was just born in california moved to utah you know well my mom i guess did build a house that was like off the grid and with the bomb shelter and all that hey, she was you a, got your hippie blood she was a, she was a little <laughs> we're, we're all a little hippie yeah. so, <laughs> so so you're you're living at the clubhouse now uh more or less more or less uh, yeah and that's that's cool yeah, well, I guess I'll let me interject there. So when we first bought the clubhouse, there is a caretaker's residence in the basement. Okay. And so, you know, out of necessity and out of a no brainer, we decided to move into the basement and it worked out well for about a year and it was fine, but we did find that we had other plans for the space and it became somewhat limiting if we were going to be living in there. Um, you know, we wanted to open up the space more to the community and open up additional spaces for different things. And so we decided to move out and kind of give ourselves a little bit of a, a distance as well, you know, somewhere to go home to at night. And that really helped, uh, it really did kind of help separate work from home life a little bit. And so it was a little bit of a challenge to actually decide to move the tiny house back to the clubhouse and actually live on site because we knew that we were going to be inching closer to that, you know, live work sure. dynamic, which a lot of people actually really love and, and long for, like that's their, their goals. They want like work their, at home their live at, yeah, their, their live and work warehouse. And that's great. I, I did that for a long time at photo collective and it has its perks, but there is something about being able to turn off work and go home at night and be able to come back in with a fresh start. And so, yes, we do live on the property, but we are just far enough outside the back door in the tiny house that we have our own little world in the backyard. So do you still have that location? Like it was down by the gateway, the photo collective, is that not around anymore then? You know, it's bittersweet for us to say that we actually, we did keep up both locations for the first uh, little while that we yeah. had acquired clubhouse. Um, but it, it became, it kind of became a, a decision that we had to decide to put all of our eggs in one basket and to really focus our efforts on showcasing and building out the clubhouse to also, you know, to benefit photo and video production, as well as community events, education, dance, theater, music. It has so much more potential than, than just the warehouse. And we love, we love industrial warehouses. We love historic properties. That is what we were looking for. And, you know, this is a whole long segue, but essentially no. we were, we were at photo collective for seven years and we were leasing this awesome old historic warehouse that has, Oh, it's beautiful. man. Yeah. It had a unique history as well. It was originally part of Greek town and it was a restaurant and coffee shop for Greek immigrants that were, that were arriving to Salt Lake upstairs had a, um, it was kind of a restaurant and coffee shop on the main floor and a boarding house on the upstairs that quickly became a bar and a brothel over time. And by the time we got into that space, the upstairs had been left pretty abandoned and deserted, but it still had a lot of original wallpaper from the hotel walls and a lot of history. So part of our mission at the original Photo Collective Studios location was to not only create 
a home for a creative community, but to also celebrate the history of that building and that neighborhood and to capture that through photography and to tell its story through photos and and filmmaking. And I think that is ultimately what led us to have the opportunity to even be considered to take on the historic Ladies Literary Club on South Temple because of the work that we put in at Photo Collective, renovating that space, proving that that we A, had what it took and also had the creative community behind us to fill the space and that we were going to celebrate and honor the history of the building through photos and, and video. So to get the clubhouse, you had to go through like uh, they, they wouldn't just get it to anybody, I guess, or, or talk about, I mean, how long have you had it? I mean, I guess that's a lot of questions. What was that? Like, how did they, how did they even start? What yeah. did you have to do? How did you know who to talk to? Yeah, I think those are all really great questions. So we loved our original location oh. um, and we actually considered trying, we were leasing that building. And when we first started out, um, you know, the essentially over time, the the rent kept going up and the neighborhood kept going down at that part. In, at, th- at this point in time in, you know, from 2010 to 20, 2017, 2018, that part of town was really rough part of town to do business in. It's gotten cleaned up quite a bit. Since you then. were down by the homeless shelter. And it wasn't necessarily the homeless shelter that played the influence. It was mostly, it was the drug trafficking that happened right outside our front doors. And also, you know, we, we were the place where people could, could roll right up and find any amounts of, of really illegal substances. And they would often use and abuse right on our front door and right on our front porch. And we'd find ourselves cleaning up the aftermath. And, and it was, it was something that we enjoyed being of resource to a large variety of people, but at the same time, it became difficult to do business in. And more than that, also the building started becoming a little bit limiting to what we wanted to do. We were sort of outgrowing it. We were uh, hosting and producing a lot of events uh, beyond just photo and video productions. And we were looking for a space that could accommodate live music and um, a lot of different types of you know dance and theater and culture. And so we were originally looking for another warehouse, something that had concrete floors and garage doors and an industrial type space. And we literally toured uh, so many different buildings in Salt Lake, uh, countless buildings. And, you know, none of them just quite felt right. Either either they weren't the right part of town or we'd find them what th- we would find one that had everything that we wanted, but it didn't have X, Y or Z or, it you know, it, it didn't work out in this way. So we were actually pretty down and out kind of thinking that maybe there wasn't anything in Salt Lake that was going to speak to us. And that's when a real estate friend had recommended that we check out the Historic Ladies Literary Club building on South Temple. And I had actually only been there one time before, and I was a hired photographer out on the front porch the whole night. So I didn't ever really get to go inside and explore the the building. Um, This was actually part of the Beaux-Arts Ball that was put on by the Salt Lake Design Week. And I know friends at City Home Collective helped put that party on as well. And so I was familiar with the building and my first initial reaction was, first of all, we can't afford South Temple. Like these are all incredible historic mansions and that's just not at all feasible for us as like a small mom pop shop. And my second response was, you know, it's not a warehouse. It doesn't have, you know, I'm looking for a big wide open space that I can pull a car into and shoot if I need to or whatnot. Sure. And so we were like skeptical for sure, but we decided to go and take a tour of this building in the dead of winter back in 2016. At this time it had been not, it had not been left abandoned, but it had definitely been, you know, gathering dust, (laughs) gathering dust for quite some time. So we first got a tour of the building and you could see your breath in the space. Um, but as soon as we walked into the foyer and at that time it had purple periwinkle carpet all the way up the stairs and doilies over all the windows and some drop ceilings and old chandeliers. And 
you know, we could see its potential, but it just like, it just felt like such a far-fetched plan. But then we walk through these double wide doors into the auditorium that exists there. And it is just this grand view that you would never expect from the front door. And it was breathtaking to me. And I know that it's been breathtaking to everyone who's been through the building since. And we just fell in love right then and there with the potential of the space and not only the architecture of the building, but the history of it and wanting to tell its story and almost feeling obligated to tell its story as story as visual storytellers of our community. We are photographers and filmmakers that ultimately are photojournalists and documentary filmmakers that like to tell stories. And the challenge of being able to take an old historic building that has such an incredible history of, of activism and, you know, education and, and resources for women, it was just a fun challenge to consider refilling the the halls of this building with a creative eclectic community that we know exists in Salt Lake City. So had it been basically shut down and not used at all before you guys only got a hold for of it? only for a few years. It okay. was actively being used by the women who built the building, the Ladies Literary Club. It was actively being used by them until 2013. So it was there oh, wow. for a hundred years on South Temple from 1913 till 2013 as the Ladies Literary Club house. And the women of the club just slowly, slowly, generations didn't buy into club life over time like they used to. And so by dissolved. 2013, yeah, it was, we think about a couple dozen members, whereas in 1913, when they built this clubhouse, they had over 500. The next year, they had over 500 members. Um, this was a huge group of women. So they were actually there a long time. And it was only a few years of transition which we would love to tell about because we think there's a couple heroes that saved this building. And oh, please do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know who wants to talk about that, I guess. Sure. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I am sitting, in. I'm currently sitting on the board of trustees for preservation Utah, which is formerly the Utah heritage foundation. And they are who we purchased the building from in 2016. So um, preservation Utah began 50, just over 50 years ago because over 30 mansions got torn down on South Temple within like 10 years. Oh, and uh, the Marmalade District and the avenues, just house after house after house, amazing homes, historic, beautiful homes being torn down. And back then there was nothing really to be done about it. Uh -huh. So P Preservation Utah, then Utah Heritage Foundation, they started a nonprofit that could put historic easements, legal easements on the home that say these are historically significant and cannot be torn down. So now there's a list of these homes that are protected in Utah, and some of them are even commercial buildings. I don't know, actually, that there are any historic easements. I think our building is one of the few. So most historic easements are on the exterior of the house. You just can't mess with the facade. And the clubhouse is one of two or three buildings in Utah, which actually also has an easement on the interior. So on the main floor, we can't go tearing down walls and remodeling the floor plan. We have to maintain the historic integrity of the main floor. We can paint and change details, but we can't go remodeling. Whereas in the basement, it's not historically significant and we can do whatever we want with the basement, which is really exciting. Which we'll we've been calling the garden level. The garden level. Ooh, like <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so yeah, in 2013, the, the ladies of the literary club, which we should tell a little bit more about them too, but they maybe will make a backwards circle here. They gave the building away to Preservation Utah and said, hey, preservationists, will you guys save this building? Like, we don't know how to save this building, but we just need to make sure it doesn't get torn down. And so they gave the building 
to Preservation Utah, the ladies that remained. And um, for three years, Preservation Utah held the building, treated it as a venue as best they could. They actually run Memorial House that's down in Memory Grove. You might have been to a wedding there or another event. So they have some experience running venues, but um, they're a preservation nonprofit, not a venue group that can bring life to a not event historic planners. building. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they did the best they could, but they learned pretty quickly that they needed to sell the building and or find a really great long term lease um, option. And so they after 18 months of having the building, they put it on the market and started receiving offers. And for 18 months, they got over a dozen offers, I believe. And um, all of them either wanted to tear the building down, you know, build an art school or something great in its place or remodel it for private use, like a extended restaurant space um, or use it for a private architecture or furniture display room, you know, all these great f- functions, but nothing that would have satisfied the ladies' wishes of keeping this space as a community hall that has focus on arts and education. So finally, in what was it, February of 2016, we came touring through the building. I'm sure the agent was getting, you know, kind of tired of showing this building to people and everyone yeah. saying, oh, what what about this and this and this? But and if I can through. be honest, he was probably skeptical. Like, who are these two young oh, kind of sure. hip kids oh, yeah. that think they can pull this off? And yeah. at that time, we didn't know either. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't know what we were in for. We knew historic building was something big, but it's, it is, it is a huge project. And but we um, we put in an offer and they reviewed it as a board. But they they said, "Hey, who are you? And um, what are you what are you going to do with the building?" <laughs> and, and so we said, "They said well, you have two weeks until our board meeting. Can you send us some in, some more information about yourselves?" And so in two weeks, we put together this beautiful three minute video because Dave's amazing and told our story at the photo collective Greek town location and showed how much we care about that building and how our commitment to finding a building that we could put this kind of love and attention to as a group of creatives. And so as the preservationists holding this building, trying to find the right owners, we were exactly the right fit. And they responded in an email to us. I remember that morning they said, we enthusiastically accept your proposal on the building. And we about died, um, but it was nothing compared to when we actually closed on the building a month and a half later, and the the weight hmm. of it suddenly settled on our shoulders, and we were like, oh, wow, okay, we did it, and we just made a huge decision, and from that day forward, we have been all in. This is where, and that's why we had to close Photo Collective Greek Town location, is hmm. we've really just had to give everything to this building, because it is a dinosaur it felt like a sleeping giant up on the up on south temple and we get to blow the dust off and shine new lights on the walls and bring in new sounds and new people new communities 24 led park and lights to be specific (laughs) those are the lights we're using you guys did a lot of work to rejuvenate that place yeah, we spent the first six months after we closed on the building, uh, we refinished all the hardwood floors, which was so exciting. Some of them had never been refinished, just been carpeted from a very early time, tore down wallpapers, drop ceilings, for fixtures. And then, yeah, we kind of, 
invited in communities within the first few months of even having the building just to start showing and getting some ideas. And very quickly, we knew that we would be opening our doors as the clubhouse on South Temple. This was going to remain holding that title as the building, this clubhouse for the community. We no longer call the building the Ladies Literary Club because we aren't representing that club. And they were an incredible group of women and deserve their own recognition. So we honor the their building and the architecture of it as the clubhouse. But someday, I mean, we've I got an email just two days ago, someone asking, so is anyone going to bring back the Ladies Literary Club? Like, what can we do? And I, I get enough of those inquiries <laughs> that I'm sure I can put them all in a room together and something will come of it. But something bigger than that has to sustain this building. You know, we we don't have 500 women putting in their annual fees to to sustain the clubhouse. So we're excited to be bringing the creative community in and letting the city of Salt Lake and beyond enjoy this venue that was kind of going forgotten and really almost got erased from South Temple. Let's talk about that historic preservation grant that you are kind of up against right now. I know there's like voting every day. Uh, and I know, so this episode will go up and there will be, there should be a couple of weeks cause it goes until the 29th. It goes until the 29th. Mm-hmm. So the sooner 29th, we get it out. Yeah, let's get like, this, let's get this up. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Host Gator. Every small business needs a website. And when I say every small business, I mean every small business. We've seen it firsthand right here on this podcast. A lot of local businesses right here in Salt Lake City think that they can cut corners by just having a Facebook page or an Instagram page. They think that having a website is just going to be too expensive for them. What if I told you that you were wrong? Having a website isn't expensive. Actually, it's a lot more affordable than you might think. Every business, small or big, needs their own website. You need your own piece of real estate on the internet. Let me tell you why you need to use HostGator. First of all, we've been using HostGator for over seven years for IamSaltLake.com, and we could not be happier with them. They offer guaranteed 99% uptime, an excellent user-friendly interface via cPanel, and superb pricing. They offer a free website builder as well as 4,500 templates for you to pick from. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners, pay attention because we created a very special code just for you. Head on over to HostGator.com, use the promo code PODCAST at checkout, and depending on what package you end up going with, you're going to save up to 60% and you'll be directly supporting this podcast. Again, HostGator.com, use the promo code PODCAST, and many thanks to HostGator for their support of this podcast. Okay, so essentially we were contacted by Preservation Utah and they said, hey, there's this really exciting grant opportunity available. We think that you, together with Better Days 2020, a local nonprofit profit that celebrates women's history in Utah, would be a great fit to combine forces and apply for this grant that would allow some historic preservation funding to be used for historic building specific, for physical restoration of historic building. And so the more we looked into it, the more it looked like a really great fit. This grant specifically is, um, it's by uh, Partners in Preservation. It's called the Main Streets of America grant. And it's something that has actually, they've been doing it a number of years and a few other businesses in Salt Lake City have been able to participate in similar grants in the past. But what made this year so special is that they were focusing on historic buildings nationwide that have a, that have a focus on women's history. 
And so we felt like, you know, we, <laughs> right in there. We, yeah, it's a good Perfect fit. Match. So we wanted to actually, you know, tell our story of the house that the women built in 1913. I love that in the early 1900s, Clubhouse was referred in the community as the house that the women built because that just wasn't a thing of its time. So that quickly became kind of our, our mission and our tagline is let's tell the story of the house that the women built. And we're going to tell the story of this incredible, you know, the oldest women's only organization west of the Mississippi River was started in Salt Lake City in 1877. And that story alone is an incredible beginning. And not to mention what they did within their very own clubhouse on South Temple over the course of a hundred years. I mean, these ladies got together to study art, literature, current events, politics. During World War One and again in World War II, they brought their home sewing machines into the auditorium and sewed clothes for war veterans. They made it possible for, uh, they put Art classes in public schools, they they offered their space to the Utah Symphony before Utah, uh, Symphony Hall was constructed for the symphony to practice. So they've always been a part of uh, of bettering Salt Lake City and, and growing the community around arts and education. So this grant, essentially, there were over 200 applicants nationwide, and we received information that we made it to the top 20, and we were finalists of this competition, which made us eligible for up to $150,000 of funding for historic preservation. And they wanted to know what projects we were considering with that money, um, which was, you know, to get approved as well. And we realized that one of the most important things about Clubhouse is that for the first time ever, it's now been open to the public and it's available to people from all walks of life. And it's not just limited to the education of women and the pursuits of higher education of women. It's now open to people from all walks of life. One of the most limiting things about Clubhouse is that it it was built in a time before ADA compliance. And so though it is open to the public and available and accessible for everyone, what it does lack is an easily accessible entrance with a wheelchair a wheelchair ramp as well as a large enough bathroom for wheelchairs to easily access access on the main floor. With the funding from the grant, we propose to make the building fully ADA wheelchair accessible for the first time in history, opening it up to communities from all over. So you, people go on a website. Yeah. Cast their vote. They can do it every day. Yeah, exactly. So it's actually a really simple process. I think a lot of people are scared to commit to it because they think it's going to take a lot of time or they're going to get spammed. It's really none of that. It's actually a really cool website. It's hosted by National Geographic, so you can you know it's a good thing. Yeah. You go check it out, and it actually has all 20 competing sites. It has a photo of each building, and it has a little description of the women's history that's involved with that building. It's a really awesome, beautiful layout. Of course, we want to turn your focus to Salt Lake City because sure. we are the only qualifying site in Salt Lake City. So not only is this a huge win for us here at Clubhouse, but this is a huge win for Salt Lake and Utah as a whole. The website is super easy. You go to voteyourmainstreet.org slash SLC. Right there, you'll find our project. It just requires you to sign in to vote with an email address. It will send you a quick email to confirm that you're an actual human. And once you click that link in your email, it'll allow you to cast five votes every single day. And you can cast those five votes all for Clubhouse, or if you want, you can kind of string them around other sites. But we recommend you cast all five votes daily straight for Clubhouse on South Temple. Does it show like who's in the lead and where, what ranking you're at and all that good stuff? It actually 
does. And that's what kind of keeps it fun <laughs> and interactive juicy. and exciting. So at the very bottom of the voting site, you can look to see this, the, all of the sites that are competing in alphabetical order or in random order, or you can click by number of votes. And it doesn't show you the number of votes, but it shows you the ranking that everybody's sure. in. So this is the interesting part is there are 20 sites that are competing for this funding and they only are, have enough money for the top 10 sites. So essentially 50, 50 chance of getting the funding and you have to stay in the top 10 to receive funding. When we started first, right out of the gates, we were in eighth place. Very cool. We're like, okay, we're doing all right. And we've been staying pretty consistently in eighth place up until just this last week, we got bumped down one to ninth place. So we're still in the top 10, but we've got couple weeks to go and we're hopeful and we're optimistic that we can rally the troops here in Salt Lake City and nationally. We have an audience that is interested in the yeah. story nationally and really get daily votes so that we can ensure that we receive this critical funding to make the, the building ADA wheelchair accessible for the first time in history. All right. I am Salt Lake podcast listeners. Let's do this, right? You better all vote five times a day. (laughs) They'll come to your house. They'll do it. I mean, and we have listeners all over the world too, you know, that, that listen, uh, that, that make it here to Salt Lake and and come check out the clubhouse. I mean, this is big for you guys. It really is. What'd you say? $150,000? Yeah. That's what we, that's what we've qualified for. And we hope that we get that and we've mapped it out and that, you know, that money, it'll, it'll go quickly, but that would really ensure that that would, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that that will go towards and it all is benefiting the ADA wheelchair accessibility. That also includes our front porch is sinking. The foundation has been settling over the last hundred years. Um, we literally had a piece of it fall and cave in. It was a safety concern. We've temporarily patched over it, but that would address some of these um some of these actual structural concerns yeah. with the front porch as well as the addition of the ADA wheelchair ramp and bathroom. Go on the website, do the votes. When will you know? Yeah. Well, and I would say a a couple tips on the voting thing. Like it's super fast, super easy, especially if you do the login via Facebook thing, you click it and it's like, oh yeah, your browser already knows your Facebook. And And it's easier to share that way. It's super fast. Yeah. So do the little Facebook thing if you're a Facebook user. And um, even if if you keep it open on your Safari, you can just open your Safari every day and go in and just vote every day. Yeah. You can make it really easy on yourself. And on our website, clubhouseslc.com, we have a button you can click to get a daily text reminder from us. We send out a daily text that says, did you vote today? And send the link. Yeah, we send a nice little- What kind of fun facts? Oh, like little quotes. We have a history book about the Ladies Literary Club that was written by a historian of the club back in 1927. So this is about the first 50 years of the club from 1877 to 1927. And just the language of this history book, it's like, oh, wow, these were classy ladies. These were high hat, white glove ladies. Their grammar is spectacular. You know, it's like, whoa, this is definitely- (laughs) The clubhouse is seeing a new generation for sure. And so we get to share some of these little tidbits of knowledge that we gain from these early ladies in their history books. See, that's cool. I was actually wondering how you guys knew so much about the history because you even have like quotes of women who were in the club and, you know, you have a lot of like stories and exactly. little nuggets. When we first found the building and started looking into it seriously, we found just through the Utah State Historical Society, the archives online, we just searched things and we started digging up so much photographic content. And then we found this book at the Marriott Library, uh, the first 50 years of the, the Ladies Literary Club. And just this summer, one of our clients actually came to their event to host their little open house social 
And they brought us a copy of this book that before we could only check out from the Marriott Library. But they found a copy of this history book of the Ladies Literary Club at one of the local used bookstores. Ken and they Sanders. bought it for us. Was it Ken Sanders? Oh, Ken Sanders. So they picked it up and brought it to us. And we're so grateful to have a copy of that book because it's truly the best account of the Ladies Literary Club that we have. And at the end of it, the historian writes, you know, like, the club has evolved so much in these 50 years. Who's to say what will be of the next 50? It's up to the next historian to tell. And that would have been 1977. And there was never a history book written that year. So we do feel a certain duty to finish telling the story of the Ladies Literary Club and not just celebrate them through photograph and oral story, but help create some some media over time that comes up from the stories we're gathering of the community that use the space. Because we're really just here to share. We're just the microphone that we're holding up to the yeah. building. We get to let the stories come out of it. And then we get to play with some of that, recreate those stories in our events and in our photo shoots. And it's so much content to work with. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Now, on your website, isn't that the one that has uh, like a little video? You guys put a little video about it. And if I'm not mistaken, it kind of tells the history a little bit of the, the Women's Literary Club, too. So oh, go, go to the fa- website. My favorite was going there and looking at all the pictures that you guys have on there and kind of the, the little descriptions of what's happening in the picture and what yeah. the women were doing. And it's just kind of neat. It's a little glimpse into time. And I'll put that link at IamSaltLake.com as well with this episode. So if you didn't get all that information, just go to IamSaltLake.com with uh, this episode and and it'll be there. We're actually really proud of our website currently. It's an opportunity for us to tell the story of the Ladies Literary Club. We have a full history section on our website that gives a pretty decent written account of the club. Of course, as Jude mentioned, that's something that we're always going to continue to expand upon. But we, we're proud to, to continue to tell the story through photography and filmmaking. And recently, yeah, we produced a little three-minute video that essentially showcases about 100 years of the history in a short film. And it's through the eyes of a lot of the members of the club over the years, as well as people in the community that have, been, that have kind of had their hand in the building. And so, you know, a friend of mine actually described it as a little mini documentary, which I, I was flattered by. And so it's a fun little three-minute video that you can check out that showcases the history of the building, the club, and how we acquired it and what we plan to do with it. And that's at clubhouseslc.com, if I remember hearing Correct. correctly. clubhouseslc.com. I've gone to a handful of events at your building. Yeah, there. what I events mean, have what, you been to? Uh, well, shoot, I'm going to ask uh, you a question. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. There, I went to a New Year's Eve party there. Mm-hmm. I went to, um, I've been to a few of the... The my, Bee? The Bee. We went to the yeah, Bee my, my, there. I you were to a say, judge. I wanted Chris to say, was a judge at the Bee there. I oh, wanted great. to say the Moth, but I was like, uh-huh. well, it's not the Moth. <laughs> um, it's cuter than the Moth. Trying to think, but, I mean, we've been uh, to we other handful. We went to a celebration of life there. Yeah, Jimmy Martin. For Jimmy Martin. It's beautiful. And then I think we've been there for something else too, but I can't... There was a few other things. A few other things, yeah. I mean, I love... Every time we go there, I'm like, I want to move in here. I love this place so much. <laughs> I just want to explore. So There's people, room in the tiny house. People can rent this out, right? Like for people that are listening that might want to put on an event yeah, or something. I yeah, mean, that's obviously the idea. Precisely. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of a couple ideas for sure. We, it's naturally a venue and we, from day one, opened our doors to all kinds of events. It's made for gathering in compared to the warehouse we used to do things in it's so much easier to run gatherings in this space so it's quite a natural fit for all kinds of events from weddings and galas and family celebrations to our favorites which are the live music the the bee the storytelling the uh, spoken word um, the dance performances the recitals those are really the more exciting things for us 
but we're talking different price ranges there. We, we've it's been a game of understanding the the value of this historic building and not maybe not hosting you know the late night parties that we used to be able to do on the west side you know those those faded out with the west side for us and now we're hosting a slightly higher level of production with these events and it's been really fun really exciting to see our clients grow into this space with us but coming this next year we're excited to release a a different tier of rentals for more artist residency types where it's an individual mm. renting the space for their artistry and the basement of the clubhouse the garden level is really where <laughs> those kinds of offerings come more naturally we've built recently a sound room into the basement with a live music room attached uh, we have a dark room for photography film developing and printing. We have a print lab with different size printers and media la- uh, computer stations. So we have a lot to offer with the basement and we're excited to open that up more publicly with this campaign. We've had a few open houses, some tours. We've been able to show off the basement for the first time and it's so exciting. It's huge. It's as big as the main floor of the clubhouse, just broken into 25 different little rooms. So, it's kind of Cubby's little. I went yeah, down we, there a few we've times. Been in there. And- I actually have this great picture of Chris sitting. You guys have like a, it had a mid-century modern kind of living room area down there yeah i have this oh I, we did we, we wanted to stay there we're like let's just go here <laughs> if, I love if you, this. do you know where that picture is I we should I put it, it. We should put it with this uh, episode sure. that would be sure. funny i mean it's, it's a great venue i mean it's a great place uh i, I want to talk to you after off a recording i got a few things i cool. might want to put on myself there but oh, there uh, what what's like the most challenging thing with running a venue like this i mean i guess that's a big question right like i mean obviously trying to get you know grant money sure well i'll start there yeah so for us it's a double-edged sword because we want to remain accessible and affordable and available for arts and education we really do want to follow in the footsteps of the ladies literary club in a lot of ways they have uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of the early club presidents she said as an infant we were um, what did she say as an infant we were most ambitious we dared to dream we might become a library a great library association have perhaps a picture school with art gallery attached so in paraphrasing, and I guess I could probably read you that all entirely, but essentially the ladies had high hopes that they would have a space that would be a space for artists, for education, for art gallery, for, you know, an art school of sorts. So we definitely want to remain an open, open house for artists and education. And so we are now trying to find a new platform. It may become a membership platform similar to the Ladies Literary Club. Um, there may be different opportunities for artists to share their skills in various programming that we're going to be offering as well. So we're looking for additional ways to support artists and educators through uh, grant funding as well as through programming so that we can still accept and host those types of things in the building because those are the things that really drive the space. And then we can also host corporate events and weddings and things that that can help pay the bills and actually, um, you know, be able to provide the same or real value for the property and for the for what we bring to the table. So we're excited to be hosting some corporate Christmas parties this winter and and also being able to host some some you know really low budget or no budget films and dance performances from local artists. That that would be a great place for a, a Christmas party. For, oh, it really for a would. company. Yeah, go look them up. I mean, great. I didn't even think about that. So I'm glad you said something. Christmas is right around the corner. I don't want to think about it, Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. What's been like the most rewarding thing? Well, honestly, with- I was going to say with that, we everything so far has been word of mouth. Yeah. We had a 
natural community follow us from the photo collective and people who host with us or even people who don't who came through and saw the building and said oh it's not the best fit but oh my goodness I'm going to tell everyone I know about this space so it's all been word of mouth so far and that's been a really beautiful way to connect because everyone who comes in has a story of how they got there yeah. you know even if it is they just looked it up and but they passed it a hundred million times in their life and never even noticed it, you know? So everyone has a relationship to this building, even if it's a non-relationship, it's still interesting to them. So it's so fun to see the people walking in that have come here naturally, you know, it's just mm. so f exciting to know that this building is truly sustained by a community and we aren't, um, we're not pushing the dials or anything. This is, we're just observing what the community already sustains. And now we get to, test things out like this last summer uh the summer before last we did a concert series and had four different types of concerts over the summer and that was so fun <laughs> this winter depending on um, when this podcast drops next saturday in late october we have a vintage market where 20 different vendors 20 plus different vendors come in and sell th their goods all day it was super <laughs> successful last time they did it and there will be a winter uh holiday version of that in december so some fun, uh, and those are all community members coming to us saying, I want to do this. Yeah. Can I rent your space? And so it's really exciting to see how many creative, beautiful, artistic people we have in this city that yeah. have amazing ideas and to be able to share space with all of those people and help those things come to life. And Dave always shines some beautiful light on it. When we first met, Dave was always the light guy. I'm more of a shadow guy. <laughs> like I notice the shadows, I see the lines, you know, and, and he, he taught me like, oh, but where does that light come from? And it's just a beautiful, to be partnered with a photographer has taught me to see everything through a lens, truly. And it really is so exciting. So watching this natural community unfold, thanks to the photo collective's efforts, really, and then to watch the layers of capturing and remembering what's going on, playing with time in those ways. Those are a couple of my favorite dynamic parts of this project. Very cool. And Salt Lake's a cool city, man. We'll get behind projects like this and support it. And well, at least we used to. So let's keep that going. <laughs> let's, let's actually uh, shift gears a little bit too. I have a few Salt Lake city related questions. We have to ask everybody that comes through here. Uh, so I got to definitely ask the both of you. We all have family and friends that come to town, right? And we like to show off certain areas in Salt Lake businesses, areas of town, a hike, camping, whatever it is. I don't know if you you each have a different answer or, or same answer or or uh... yeah we have similar answers but different okay well <laughs> I, what what's what's the Dave tour sure a... I think downtown Salt Lake City has a lot to offer beautiful I think, yeah yeah I think and it's it's walkable it's small so I've actually I've done this I've entertained some friends that have come in from out of town and. I like to walk down State Street, Main Street, and showcase some of the historic buildings, some of the repurposed buildings. There's a lot of little plaques that you can read. And for me, I'm fascinated by that. Maybe that's not for everyone. But that also kind of continues straight up South Temple. You know, there's like a lot of incredible historic architecture that I find fascinating and I'd like to point out. But also, I think it's great to break away from the city. And in Salt Lake, with just a quick little drive up the canyon, you can be far removed from the city. So I would drive up Big Cottonwood Canyon, go to the top of Guardsman's Pass, especially if it's fall colors, and drive all the way over the back roads to Park City and kind of showcase how how that all kind of connects over the canyons and uh, kind of, you know, maybe stop in historic Main Street Park City for a little bite to eat. And it's beautiful there too, right? And take your photography stuff and... Yeah, sure. Get some pictures and 
and every what about you honestly you, i'm saints. along for that ride so, you're yeah. along for the i would ride. maybe <laughs> stop at zest on the way oh, out yeah. you know but well that's i was gonna ask favorite to local yeah. favorite local eating spots you mm-hmm. got zest yeah. any other recommendations for either of you definitely we love zest um it's our favorite vegan restaurant and we also find ourselves eating at rye almost every single week we love sns uh Lance Saunders and, and Will Sartain and everyone else that's helped put Rye together as well as the creative collective music scene that they've done. So we definitely find ourselves eating at Rye pretty often. Very cool. Would you change anything about Salt Lake City if you could, either of you? I would love some like really dense high rise residential areas downtown. Thank way you. more people, way yes. more people and way more walking and biking and Public transportation, like, could that just be free, please? Like, at least oh, in Salt Lake City. So incredible. You know? imagine that? So like, that's that what really I would, nice. like, I, that's extreme, you know, they say that's extreme, I guess, you know, is it like though? making public transportation free. Oh, wow. It I wonder, can be do, done. Do any cities do I that? Because I was going to say, that's actually probably the best answer for our air quality. When, when we were <laughs> right. in Chicago. Was that all free? We, it was free. The train was free. Yeah. Or do we just not pay? <laughs> maybe. Well, hey, if you don't pay, it's still technically free. Right. So. so maybe it's just the mindset we have I to change. Was, I was going to say, I think you can get on tracks and take it for free until they take, check your ticket. Until right? they find you. <laughs> Solid point. Oh, man. Let's, uh, as we kind of wind this down a little bit, let's remind the listeners to, again, the website to go vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, if one of you want to mention the yeah. website and... T- You'd run down that, how that works again. VoteYourMainStreet.org backslash SLC. And uh, you can check out the other projects. There's some awesome projects that we're up against, like the courthouse that made famous by To Kill a Mockingbird is looking for funding. A couple other women's clubs across the country. So check out that website the first time you visit. But after that, it takes about 10, 15 seconds to get in, put in your five votes a day for Clubhouse. And ClubhouseSLC.com is where you want to head if you want daily text reminders or if you want to see the beautiful videos that Dave and Photo Collective Studios put together for this project. There's actually this other video we just released on our Facebook page for Clubhouse on South Temple. It's more about historic preservation and what that what that's all about. Buildings falling down, you know, really dramatic, gets at the heart. I love that video. So go to our Facebook page and then Instagram. We're on Instagram. Uh, our handle there is Clubhouse SLC. So we've got lots of stories going right now, sharing the news about the grant. And of course, we love sharing photos of the events that go on at Clubhouse. So follow us there too. And, and again, we'll put all those links at IamSaltLake.com with this episode. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping to talk about before Chrissy throws out a final question before she throws that out? Was there anything, you know, we talked about the preservation grant. How can people find out about events? I guess just at clubhouse SLC.com. Yeah, we do have a, we do have an online calendar for events that are coming up in the community. You can find that at clubhouse SLC.com. And yeah, so all the, probably all the information to rent it Mm -hmm. and and get a hold of you guys are all exactly. And we, you know, a lot of people, I guess I will touch on this might, play back into our photo collective conversation. But oftentimes people wonder, since we're no longer at that original photo collective location, does that mean is photo collective dead? What happened? And the answer is no, photo collective is alive and well. We're definitely still a community resource for photographers. We do offer studio space for photographers at Clubhouse. You can rent the large stage that has 12 foot backdrops and lighting equipment. Uh, We also have a smaller natural light studio, smaller, uh, smaller spaces as well. But more than a community resource for photographers and a dark room and a print lab, we're also a full production studio. So we also do a lot of uh, a lot of photo and video production for clients. So if you're looking for an event captured or if you're looking for product photography, we are definitely your local option for photo and video production. Very cool. Very cool. 
Awesome. Well, I'll let Chrissy throw out the final question. It's been great to have the both of you on the podcast. I always tell people, you know, let's catch up down the road, right? And and, and do another podcast because I know there's probably a ton more I can find out from the both of you. So. Yeah, and we'll I have to be honest, houses. I'm obsessed with history and historical buildings. Oh, yeah. And this is like the most exciting thing to listen to. So I'm just, yeah, maybe I'm going to keep know. nerding out about it a little yeah. bit later after Thank you guys you. leave. Well, that was going to be my answer too. I guess I'll plug in my answer to what, what I would like to see change with Solid okay. because. I think Salt Lake has a really, they're doing a really good job of repurposing historic buildings in a lot of areas. You know, you'll see a lot of warehouse districts that are becoming art spaces or, you know, uh, low-income housing. And I think that's really great. But there's also a lot of missed opportunity with that. And a lot of buildings that are being left to disarray or getting torn down or are being repurposed in a way that just doesn't really make sense for the it's use of the building. It's not true to the building. Yeah. And yeah. so I would love to, you know, I think the the RDA, the Redevelopment Organization, Association Redevelopment Association uh, has a really awesome opportunity because they are the ones that ultimately have a lot of say of what's going to happen with some of these historic warehouse districts, uh, you know, in the Rio Grande neighborhood. And and it's exciting to think about a resurgence of an arts district and a resurgence of a live music district, because these things, they, they exist in Salt Lake and they have over time, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of scattered around. And it would be they're a little really, more underground. It is. Right. Yeah. And so I think if I could change one thing about Salt Lake, it would be to to repurpose old historic structures in the most optimal way, per, in the most optimal way not only for the building's sake, but for the neighborhood and as a city as a whole. Oh, I can get on board. Very cool. So hardcore. That's amazing. Before we leave, will you guys please each give us either a piece of life advice or a motto that you like to live by? Hmm. I've been thinking about getting some tattoos like on my thumbs here so that like I always see it. Something that says no excuses, no regrets. That I sounds like, pretty hardcore. <laughs> I'm Why pretty not hardcore. Just get a face tattoo that says that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just do it. One on under my, each eye. Well, because then oh, yeah. you can't see it then. On <laughs> right. your hand, you can see I've it. I've got to see it constantly because I find myself making excuses and mm-hmm. I don't have as many regrets. That one's not as hard for me, but excuses and regrets are kind of tied together. And, you know, it's like my excuses are my regrets for the day. And I don't want to do that. You know, so reminding myself like, hey, no, I it's this is all on me. I can do this. And there's no excuse because I have the support I need. I have the resources I need. I have the body, the mindset, the future, you know, and until I am six feet under, (laughs) no excuses, no regrets. I love it. You got anything? Fabulous. Well, okay, I'll get really like to the point, to the core of this. I think ultimately my life advice or motto would be to choose love over fear, right? Because it's such a basic, basic principle, but oftentimes we make decisions based out of fear or what if this won't work out or, you know, what if they don't accept our proposal or what if I don't get this job? And I can tell you that we wouldn't have had as many opportunities as we have had if we have been in a fear-based mindset. So I think just like dreaming big and also believing in yourself and learning the power of like manifesting your own reality, you know, like really it comes down to if you can think of it, then you can make it happen. And especially in a small city like Salt Lake City, where the opportunities are abundant, it may not be, you know, a lot of people look at Salt Lake City as limiting. They think, oh, you know, there's not a, there's not a big enough art scene here. I need to move to LA or a bigger city to get discovered. And my thought is if you're not an artist, like producing art in Salt Lake City, then you're going to have a hell of a lot of hard, harder time moving to New York or LA and trying to be an artist there. So whatever it is that your craft, whatever your craft is, do it and do it so well that you stand out above the rest in Salt Lake City. And that's an easy way to, to, you know, to really climb your, find your dreams. And, 
you know, it's kind of a simple thing, but they say it's easier to be a big fish in a small pond. I think let that sink in. Salt Lake City is growing quickly, Mm -hmm. but it's still a relatively small pond and it's easy to make some waves and some ripples if you just take some risks and believe in yourself. Many thanks again to Jesse Jude Gilmore and Dave Brewer for joining us on this episode. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 403. That's for episode 403. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. It is weekly recommendation time, where every week, well, almost every week, we haven't done, we haven't been good at this, Chrissy. <laughs> it's hard to think of things to recommend sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, so this weekly recommendations is kind of just some personal recommendations uh, that each one of us are going to recommend, something that's kind of changed our life or just something we want to talk about. I'm going to let you go first, Chrissy. Absolutely. I want to recommend the company Skin Soul Body. I was gifted a basket from Skin Soul Body and it has like lotions and soaps and all these handmade things. And they're, they're just so great. You should really go check it out. Uh, you can check it out at SkinSoulBody.com. I love this basket. I stole a lot of the soap and I've been using it in the you shower. did. And I love the lotion. Oh my gosh. It's so great. Hey, my weekly recommendation is going to be journaling. I know a lot of us, you know, we were born, oh, you know, sit down and write in your journal every day. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so boring. But if you spent five minutes every day, Chrissy, Mm -hmm. just jotting down your thoughts, maybe even when you wake up, write three things that you're grateful for. And before you go to bed, write down three things amazing that happened to you that day. And then you reflect on it. Maybe a year later, you can see how far you've come. And you you know, you don't even need to get a fancy journal. Just write it in like Evernote. Yeah. Or some program like that. Is Facebook like kind of the new journaling? No, I I don't recommend. (laughs) No, 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 no. You need to be able to be private. That's true. You need to be able to really sit down, write your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You need to just really let it out. Or sometimes what I'll even do is just spend five minutes and do a brain dump. Yeah. Right. And not even worry about punctuation, worry about grammar, worry about, you know, capitalization or if I spelled something right. Get it out there. Just get it out and just dump it. That way I can get some of this stuff out of my brain. I love it. So anybody, I would recommend journaling. I mean, it could help with so many aspects of your life. I think I did tell my therapist I was going to try to journal and uh, I have not, but I will now. I challenge you one day a week. Start with one day a week, then go to two days a week, three days a week. I try to do it every day now. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to show your support for this podcast by supporting our show sponsors, KRCL, Greenbike, and HostGator. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. Also, if you would like to show support for the podcast, there are a few easy ways that you can show your support. You could become a Patreon supporter by going to IamSaltLake.com slash Patreon, which this will forward you to our Patreon page, and you could become a supporter for as little as a dollar. You can also just make a one-time donation by going to IamSaltLake.com slash PayPal. This will forward you to uh, our PayPal page where you can make a one-time donation to help keep the podcast going. You can always support us non-monetarily by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts or right on our Facebook page. Or you can share your favorite episodes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or just tell your coworkers at work tomorrow about this awesome podcast. Hey, you have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible, and we're going to see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy.